The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. A question about Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. A great verse for your gospel presentation. Both Calvinists and Free Grace proponents use this passage to support their views on eternal salvation. But how and why do the interpretations differ? We'll talk about that today on Grace in Focus. We're so glad that you've joined us for this podcast and broadcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Find out more about the Grace Evangelical Society at our website. That's faithalone.org. We have many products, books, hundreds of articles, blogs and videos, and our magazine, Grace in Focus, is a free subscription. Find out more at faithalone.org. Now with today's discussion about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, here is Bob Wilkin. I have a a good question here from G.G. G.G. says, One of the most frequently cited verses in support of free grace theology on the Grace and Focus podcast is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Gigi then goes on, It's worth noting that Calvinism and Reformed theology also use Ephesians 2, 8, 9 to support their theological perspective. However, their interpretation of Ephesians 2, 8, 9 differs significantly from the free grace understanding. In Calvinism and Reformed theology, Gigi goes on, the perspective is that both grace and faith are considered gifts of God. This implies that not only is God's grace unmerited and unearned, but even the faith to believe is granted by God. In contrast, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is understood by free grace theology to emphasize the gift of God as referring specifically to salvation through faith. In this view, it is God's grace that is unearned and unmerited, and faith is seen as a human response to God's grace, not itself a direct gift of God in the sense of irresistibly granted. And so Gigi's question is, how do both Calvinist and Reformed people and free gracers arrive at their conclusions of their interpretation of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? Well, that's a good question. Ultimately, the answer is both groups have been influenced by their understanding of other scripture. Think about it. If you come from a Reformed perspective, and by the way, Calvinism is merely the portion of Reformed thought that deals with soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. So a person can be a Calvinist and yet not agree with, let's say, infant baptism, which is something which is part of Reformed thought. Or you might not agree with a Reformed view of church government. There are Calvinists who believe in multiple elder rule in a local assembly. So when we're talking about Reformed or Calvinists, we're specifically thinking of their view of the doctrine of salvation. And they don't come to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 with a blank slate. They come already having been influenced by the writings of previous Calvinists. And those previous Calvinists were not influenced by the Gospel of John, 
but they were influenced by passages like James chapter 2 or Hebrews chapter 6, or their understanding of many books and texts, like their understanding of First John, for example. And they then bring that understanding to the John 3.16 or to John 5.24 or to Ephesians 2.8 and 9. So if Calvinism teaches that all of salvation, all of everlasting life is a gift of God, including faith, so that regeneration precedes faith, and that's part of the T in tulip, total depravity, the illustration Calvinists often give is, think of a well that's, let's say, 50 feet deep, and you can look down and barely there's enough light to see someone at the bottom of the well. But it turns out this person has been dead for days. This is a cadaver at the bottom of the well. Well, you can throw a rope down there and you can shout at the top of your lungs for the person to wrap that rope around their waist and tie it off and you'll pull them out. But that cadaver can't hear you and that cadaver can't grab the rope and that cadaver can't tie the rope on. And so Calvinists say that's the same thing with people before they're born again no ability to respond to God whatsoever. They cannot believe, they cannot seek God, they cannot do anything spiritually because they lack the life of God. So according to the first point of Calvinism, regeneration occurs first, then faith. And so faith is given to the person who's already born again. Now, most Calvinists would say they occur simultaneously, but logically, the regeneration is first. However, I read a book by a Calvinist named Smallman who gave an example of one man he thought who came to faith 60 years after he was born again. Let me say that again. He thought the man had been an unbeliever for 60 years a born-again unbeliever for 60 years until he came to receiving the gift of faith as an old man. So, according to the Calvinist understanding of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, they're required to say that faith is the gift of God. Of course, there's a major problem with this because in Greek grammar, nouns take gender. So there's a masculine gender, a feminine gender, and a neuter gender. Well, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the word faith is feminine. It's pistis. But the word that and that not of yourselves is neuter. Well, if that was referring back to faith, then that would be feminine. The fact that Paul used a neuter shows that what he was talking about is the by grace, through faith, salvation that Gigi was asking about. And so the gift of God is not faith, but it is the by grace, through faith, salvation. And by the way, we know that from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 4 and verse 10, he said, if you knew the gift of God... And who it is that speaks to you, you'd ask him and he would give you living water. And he went on to say that living water would forever quench your thirst and it would spring up into everlasting life. 
So the living water is the message that Jesus is the Christ who guarantees everlasting life to all who believe in him. And that the Lord Jesus Christ calls the gift of God in John 4.10. He also calls it the gift of God in Revelation 22.17. He says, whoever wishes, let him take the water of life freely. And freely is a form of the word gift. It's as a gift. So the understanding of the gift of God in Ephesians 2.8 and 9 refers to salvation. Now, we who hold the free grace are influenced by other texts. We're influenced by John 3.16. We're influenced by John 4.10-14. We're influenced by Revelation 22.17, John 5.24, John 6.47. All of the hundred or more verses that say that anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has everlasting life and will never hunger, will never thirst, will never die, will never perish, will never be cast out. Yes, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is a good test passage because people often read their theology into a passage. I should mention, by the way, that Gigi mentioned multiple times that grace here is unmerited favor. I would say that grace is God's favor in uh, Ephesians 2, 8, whether it's merited or unmerited. The grace of God, the favor of God, that by grace you have been saved through faith, that looks at everything that God needed to do for us to be born again. So it includes the birth of Christ. It includes his perfect life. All of the signs he did to prove that he indeed gives eternal life to those who believe in him. It includes his death on the cross for our sins. It includes his bodily resurrection from the dead. It includes the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, John sixteen seven through 11. Now, you may wonder, well, if it's by grace, through faith, apart from works, is there any sense in which I can seek God? Is there any sense in which I can respond to God? Well, according to Romans 3.11, no one seeks God, no, not one. But that verse is talking about man left to his own initiative. It is possible that God will send someone to you because you are seeking. I think an example of that is Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. We know from Acts chapter 10 that Cornelius sought God and his prayers and alms ascended to God and resulted in an angel telling him to send for Simon Peter, who would tell him words by which he must be saved, Acts eleven fourteen. And so it's important to recognize that while it's by grace, through faith, apart from works, that doesn't mean that we should not pray about it. If you do not yet know where you're going when you die, if you do not yet know that you have everlasting life that can never be lost, then I would urge you to read the Gospel of John and pray, Lord, show me, what do I need to do to have everlasting life? Is it really as simple as just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ for the gift of God, which is everlasting life? Gigi, I love your question. The point to keep in mind is that every passage of Scripture is to be understood in terms of its context, in terms of the usage of those other words elsewhere, but also in terms of other clear Scripture. 
One of the things missing in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is the name the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say, for by grace you have been saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, of course, is understood because he's writing to believers. This isn't an evangelistic verse, even though we can and sometimes do use it that way. So my encouragement to all of us is to be a Berean. Search the scriptures and let God show you what his word is as we pray about it, as we study his word, and as we use the clear passages of scripture to guide us to understand all other texts. Thanks so much, Gigi, and thank you all. And remember, keep grace in focus. Would you like to deepen your understanding of Scripture and the Christian life? Well, a great place to start is our website. It's faithalone.org. We've got all kinds of free materials on the site available for you. One of those is our magazine, Grace in Focus. It comes out six times a year. It's full color, easy to read, and people are really growing who read it. So stop by and get a free subscription at faithalone.org. We are so happy when we hear from listeners. Maybe you've got a question or comment or feedback. If so, here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. Radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, the gospel writers seem to talk about the difficulty of being born again, talking about the camel going through the eye of the needle and so forth. Well, we're going to talk about that next time. Hope you join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.